0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Live at 45 podcast. And as it's December, we just wanted to say Merry Christmas. Um, We had two guests this week. We had Dan Smith with Dan Smith's Paddle of Britain. And we had a mystery guest. Um, For those of you that were here on the night, the mystery guest was Santa. And he came along and we asked him some excellent questions, but we didn't record that part of it for security reasons. Um, he's a guy that goes around the world and we don't want everybody to know how, how, he, how he manages it. So for security reasons, we've not podcasted Santa. So um, here's Dan Smith and I'm not going to tell you any more about him other than listen on and look for his just given link when you get to the end and see if you want to donate towards his amazing calls. Okay, Enjoy. Thanks to everybody for coming, like Ian just said, and thanks for inviting me here, you know, I'm just quite, quite honest, this is my first proper talk to complete strangers about the challenge. I've done quite a few, but it's all been with friends and family, so um, it's all good, it's telling the story. A um, bit about me in short, my um, name is Dan Smith, I'm 39 years old, originally from County Durham, a little mining town, which I won't tell you what it's called, but uh, that's Stanley. Um, I joined the army when I was 18 joined the Royal Artillery. Um, oh, good on you mate. Yeah, you're a gunner. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, any other, there's a few XR people here in the next forces, should I say, yeah? Oh, cool. Uh, so I've done this kind of half time for 13 years. Um, and I've always had a bit of a sort of lustre adventure. Never really been a sportsman or anything like that. I just always had like to be outside and outdoors know, doing stuff. And I guess that's why I joined the army. I to get away from standing. But, um, yeah. When I was in the army, I was in the artillery, like I said, I was I was in charge of a big bit of equipment called a uh, GMLRS, a guided multiple launch rocket system. Basically, a big tank with a big box on the back that fires rockets wrong way. Um, it was exciting. It was okay, but it was quite boring really. I wasn't going to get my outdoorsy stuff, my outdoorsy fix in. So um, I done my physical training instructor course, and that opened up much more avenues. Um, being a P.T.I. in the army, you either kind of go down two routes: you either do the, you go in the gym. and... Put muscles up and look good, or you go down the adventure training side of things, the outdoor stuff, which which the way I went. And um, I've just done more and more outdoor things like kayaking climbing. I just loved it. You know. As time went on, I thought I, mean, I need to do this more. And the way my career was going, it was kind of focusing more on like the boring stuff, the promotion, you know, of course. Even in Sydney Street, it's the same thing, isn't it? You, know, you, you get stuck in the office. So uh, I thought, no, I'm gonna get out and do this for myself. So I got out and uh, made my wife set up an outdoor, uh, company just running kayaking, climbing, just a taste of courses. And it was great. Um, and then we set up a company called Nolan Boot Camp, which is just up the road. And then now now we run a full time we've been at it hammering tongs for sort of seven and a half years, full pelt. And it's going good. Um, but we've been rather busy. And I've you know kind of the challenges and all that have kind of slipped out of the way a bit I thought I need something else. Not caught a midlife prices but I need a big push, something. So I've been working so hard as two kids in the mix as well. Um, and I thought, you know, it's time for a bit of me time and a, and a bit of a challenge. Um, we were out in Portugal a couple of years ago. And there was a crew about to set off on a, an ocean rowing boat. And we were going to row from Lagos in Portugal all the way to Rio when the games were on. So about 3,000 massive. uh massive you know, expedition. And I, I, just, I was in an inspired And they showed me around the boat and I just thought, this is it. That just kicked me off. I need to do something. What can I do? I wouldn't do doing something that hasn't been done before. And these days that's really hard to find because, like Ralph Fine said, you know, there's just so many things that have been done now, you know, you've got everything really out of the box. So what am I good at? I can kayak. I like being outdoors. What about a big trip? you know, kayaking. Well, lots of people kayak around the UK, so that wasn't really interested in that. What about kayaking inland? So, my first challenge I thought up was kayaking from the top of Scotland, inland, under my own steam, so Uh, to the bottom of Scotland, which is finished up round about in Coal on the River Tweed. And the the mission was to just connect as much waterways inland, flown south, sometimes, uh, where possible. That was about 460 miles worth, so a decent challenge. Um, So I put it all together, get to the border, it was called. Um, Raising money for the Royal British Legion, that was the charity I chose. Quite close to my heart, you know, remembrance. Great charity. And then uh, a chap got in touch from Glenmore Lodge. Um, he said that's been done before, you know, several times. Like, I've done it. In a canoe, backwards, standing up, <laughs> in a clown suit. So I was like, okay, right, my mate's done it and all this. So I got off the phone, I was a bit deflated, you know, talking my wife. And it was her idea, and I still hold it this. She said, why don't you just do the whole lot, all the way down to the bottom of the country, inland. Like, okay. You sure? I've got this recorded. <laughs> uh, so she's like this was her words you know, go big or go home and I thought you know what you're right she said, what, what's an extra I've kind of calculated that about four weeks and another four weeks to get to the bottom just a guesstimate so eight weeks out of your life you only live once you know what's eight weeks so um, the Paddle of Britain was born so here's a nice little promo video for you now which explains it all um, about what I got up to My name is Dan Smith. I've served in the British Army for 14 years, completing tours of Afghanistan and Northern Ireland. This year marks 100 years since the end of the First World War, once known as the War to End All Wars. To commemorate this historic moment, I've teamed up with the Royal British Legion to try and raise £25,000 as a way of remembering those who sacrificed their lives for our country By Nate, I'll be trekking from one body of water to the next. Drag a kayak with me. This is my way of giving something back to the generation of soldiers who have served over the last century. Their
1: sacrifice will never be.
0: Great video, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so the panel's riff was born. Um, I could never afford anything like that. That video was just amazing. Uh, I get some great clients come through the door on our camps cancelled there. And I was telling this guy about the Johnny who runs a PR company, a couple of offices, one in London, one in Manchester. And he said, you need to you need shout about this. You know, this isn't just some sort of tin pot challenge, you know, you going through the company. Never been done before. I don't think it was anyway. Mo's came to the yet and told me they've done it, so I don't think that's. <laughs> um, so he said, look, I'll do EPR PR for you. Go at this. So he said, do what we can. They're going to get something out of it as well, so everyone's a winner. So he said, we'll get the two guys up with the cameras. We'll go to the leg districts and, and put that movie together. So I was just really fortunate just to get the timing right with, with uh, social communications, getting on board there. Um, so we went off from there. Just got, got us noticed a bit more of that video and got it out there. Um, got the sponsors together to get all the kit. You know, I wasn't gonna do this half-hearted. Everything had to be the best I could get. Preparation, it took me about a year and a half to plan. Going out to different places, checking out rivers, checking out locks. Um, speaking to people about permissions to get on certain motorways. Not all motorways flow south. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so, <laughs> a lot of planning went into that. Uh, Tidal stuff to worry about and all that. So, that was it in breakdown anyway. When I planned it, it was about 910 miles, but when I got to the end, it was a bit more. Um, bit of walking in between as well, and that's when the trolley comes in handy, which I'll, we'll talk about in a second. So it was all under my own steam, no cars, no kayaks on top of cars, and taking take it to the next place. Not allowed. Um, food-wise, I would um, bag up seven days worth of rations at a time, and I would have uh, pals of mine meet me in certain places every seven days just to give us a fresh resupply. So quite a lot of planning went into it. So it wasn't for 8 weeks out of my life, it was about a year and a half out of my life, as my wife keeps telling me, which we'll never get back, but anyhow. Um There's the map again. I'll never get bored of looking at that, that line. Am I going to Yeah, long old way. And it, as you can see, it zigzags throughout the country as well. So it doesn't just go straight down, it goes all over the shop to find that quickest route from the next body of water to the next. So if you can find a better way, I'll hold my hat off to you. So that's the in laws and my two kids. (laughs) That's at the start point, Um, right up in Durness. Anyone been to Durness? Top of Scotland, kind of top central. So my plan was to start in an estuary and finish in an estuary Um, and link as much waterways in between. That's Durness. Um, 29th of August, I set off, we went up there. Um, And the feeling I had two days prior was pretty awful. Horrible. Um, Nerves. Over-nurse, you know that feeling at the start line of a race, or times that by 10, you know, and I couldn't eat, it was just feelings of guilt, leaving the family, leaving the business. What have you done, you know, uh, and all that was coming through my head, and you know, weather and, and all that sort of stuff, but had to go on. And so the next morning, nice bright day, getting ready to set off. This is the Kyle of Durness, so Kyle is like a big estuary, if you like, or a lock that goes into the sea, and then um, this is tidal, so I had to catch. The incoming tide to take us inland about four miles um, went down got all my stuff sorted. it was quite a nice day um, started packing my boat uh, and then the wind started picking up a bit i mean i'm traditionally a river paddler. i'll paddle a kind of a short of boat down um, rivers um, open water stuff i had to sort of really get used to because i haven't done much touring big long boats um, and the wind picked up a bit quite significantly actually on the first bit and I just went I went with it you know a lot of this was all about because I'm by myself kayaking and the golden rule is you don't go kayaking by yourself unless you're in the water you know in a safe place really so I had to be mega mega cautious on everything I've done and it's all about choices um so off I went and it really did pick up my boat was literally doing this and I couldn't the only thing was carrying us along was the tide coming in um, so, yeah, it's me setting off. So. You can see the white horses in the background. Little nibbles. You know those white horses? Have you seen white horses? You know it's pretty tasty out there. Yeah, about 30 mile an hour winds, and uh, they've picked up as well a bit more. So my wife gives some comedy. <laughs> Oh, Look at the waves of waters. <laughs> and the waves king. <laughs>
1: That's how this problems so, happening. Already in about 40 minutes. And um, once you get to the bottom mile, you might get a bit of have stop, Couldn't stop. Literally
0: couldn't stop that was I, really, least, well I was anyway, getting warm back. So about an be hour and a half. <laughs> The first panel was a bit epic, it was like a slap across the face, you know, welcome to the paddle, bring
1: down,
0: you know. Um, but, when I finished that and got, got to the end of that, all that feeling of guilt and nerves just went, because I'd started it and I kind of got into it. And it was, it felt good. So, we got the trolley on, I had a big walk, um, a big walk from there over to a place called Laxford Bridge, um, which is about a 14 mile pull. So that thing fully labours about 60kgs with all the rations in and everything, but if it's put in the trolley right, it's actually not that bad, mm. it just pulls along, but when you hit the hills, it gets, it gets a bit physical, that's when you need the harness, but it's doable. So this is the last time that the family will sit down for a
1: couple of weeks, and um, he's just started his walking leg of the first stretch, he's got about 60 miles to pull Tommy. Tire, um, and a single track room
0: with few That was the most dangerous part of these roads. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Are exaggerating. Are yeah.
1: good. So he's
0: that was me off on my first pub. Um, where they got lovely? Uh, heading over to the west now. So I went sort of, end of August, September, I've been up there canoeing before, and I know midges die off, because that's the biggest hazard up there, is those who know, will know midges can just ruin your life, but there's no midges, the weather was nice, um, I start to feel better about the whole thing, this is still day one, Um, little insight all my kit, what I took, all sorts of bits of bobs, and, and safety kit, and spare stuff, and um, you know, radios, I had two forms of contacting people if it was an emergency. The one was on my GPS, had a little SOS button, and also had a VHF radio as well. Um, other things which I took, maybe thought I shouldn't have, but I put them in anyway, like the Fold and Saw. Nearly didn't take that. That'll come back into the, the chat later on. But uh, quite a bit of gear there. Uh, need the Benny Hill music for this one next time. <laughs> Practicing packing the boat, you know, getting everything in the right place, overloading it in, in the wrong place to ruin your trim of the boat, just when you're pulling it. So getting all the bags <coughs> in the right thing, um, putting a bag inside a bag, because when things get wet, the water finds a way in. So, yeah, two big hatches, one on the back, one on the front, you get quite a bit of stuff in. Let me get the picture, it's me off. Wind really picked up. Um, that's me over near my first campsite, and you um, can see how happy I am. First day done, I was happy to do my, well, my plan was to do minimum 15 miles a day every day, and then I, I worked out that I'll, I'll make it to the end within 60 days. Um, but I think I'd done over sort of 18 there, so I was happy. First day down. Um, second day, I got up, met this chap here, first sort of person I met, I guess. Alistair, he was a, he's a gilly. Um, I was just about getting into this lovely lock. And this Range Rover pulls up, and the guy stepped out full tweed. I thought, oh, here we go. You know, gonna, you can't get in here, but this is you know, what you're up to. He was an ex-Coldstream guard, lovely bloke, and he said, you know, I've got a little fishing rod. basically encouraging us to poach. <laughs> <laughs> he said, wait there, he came back and gave me some lime and some flies. On you go. Lovely chap. Um, this is that lock. Uh, getting away, just paddling right at the top of Scotland still. Um, gloves are really important because as time went on, when your hands get wet some of you know just fall apart, you know. So um, the paddle was an awesome paddle, I had to get specially sent in from America or made in America. Uh, we got a sponsor for that as well. So life was good at the minute. Um, <laughs> lock Shin. Anyone heard of Lock Shin? Yeah, it's a, it's a really long lock. i think like it's the third longest one in Scotland. Um, quite out of the way, I always wanted to go there um, and it was just stunning conditions again, like glass and, um, that day i covered quite a lot of miles lovely campsite, I was camping most of the way um, I had scheduled in a few proper stops, but um, just camping as much as I could um, I a little shore stop there for a brew I think that was a shin as well um, had this GPS going um, which everybody could look at and track and see where I was back home I found when I was looking at it, especially up in the upper reaches, it was quite demotivating. And
1: you <laughs> see this I've got all that. Yeah,
0: I stopped looking at it to finish, because <laughs> it was gone going So, unless you zoom right in. But my main focus was, as long as I was moving forward, as long as I was doing 15, 20 miles a day, even better, And um, the mental focus was there. You know, don't look at the, the, the end goal just yet. Just get your miles in a day and enjoy it, enjoy being there, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyone know where that is? Bonner Bridge, uh, it's just the end of the Shin now, going into the River Shin, Falls of Shin, which it didn't go down, um, come around there. Then I was into the tidal, uh, tidal game now. It's a tidal lock, at the Dockhart Firth, so <clears throat> a lot of things to think about now. Stress is on a little bit, um, you've got to get it right, you know, if the, the wind's wrong or the tide's wrong, keep be in serious, uh, difficulty, you know, so. Um, I had to wait there for a little bit for the tide to come in to take us around to a place called Tain, Um, where Glen is made, uh, which was about a nine mile paddle, but it was on a a tidal uh, tidal lock, so I had to get it right, because if the tide wasn't right, I would either be fighting against it, or I would lose ground when I got to my final destination, see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, the next morning, that tide, um, this is just local, by the way, Uh, that tide wasn't quite right. The, the outgoing tide started at four o'clock, but it was still dark, um, so I could only get into the water at about six o'clock. Um, I actually rang the local lifeboat in advance, and said, "Look, this is where I'm going to be. Could you just be out and just be on the call? Because it's quite exposed." And they came out. Um, this is me doing a bit of training, just back in sea houses, because you've got to prepare for every eventuality. Rolling the boat. Rolling the boat, and that was fully laden. It's actually not too bad. The boat, those, those thin boats, are quite easy to roll if you're used to it. Um, but you've got to be prepared for what we call a combat roll. So if, you, if a, if a wave gets in or you just get off balance, you go under without preparing, which happened. Um, so I got onto the Dockhart Firth, and then this lifeboat was nowhere to be seen. Uh, no way, and I, I was ringing her and she said, yeah, I'm around, I couldn't see it anywhere. But I, I was conscious at the time, I had to get around this bit of land, so I didn't get left high and dry. And um, wind whipped up, waves are coming from one side and it was just not a nice feeling. Find yourself, nobody's there to help us out or whatever. And I had to roll, got knocked over once and then um, rolled, didn't get up, panicking. Just just relax, get that paddle in the right position and I got up and, uh, and I carried on. That, that wasn't nice, but luckily you know, I practiced that role with a boat. Yeah, I eventually found them. They, they were in the total wrong place, the lifeboat. But, um, so I so said, right, you're going to have to hurry up because when you get around here, you're going to lose the ground, you know. You need to get in there, you need to tame. So they couldn't stay around me any longer because it was, it was too shallow for their boat. So off they went and I paddled around and I got left, I was about 600 metres offshore on these sandbanks. I had to drag the boat, about 600 meters, (laughs) into 10. So, lucky escape. From there, uh, I had a big walk over to a place called Invergordon. Quite an industrial place. A lot of oil stuff made there, platforms and things like that. Not the nicest places, but um, that's where I decided to stop. Absolutely shattered. I drove about 30 miles that day. Um, Stopped there, dried kit off, Nice view. <laughs> yeah, had everything dried off and stuff outside. Had to catch the tide again on the Cromtey Firth to take us around to the Bewley Firth. So I'm heading heading sort of west again. So more tidal stuff going on. Um, early start again in the morning. Paddle past that big beast. Um, just about to get in your boat. No spray deck. Spray deck was gone. So the spray deck's just thing that kind of clips around your, your tire. Stop stops the water from going in, quite an essential bit of kit. Um, either somebody had lifted it or uh, it had been blown away. I think somebody lifted it, but it wasn't there. So I was then left with this decision, this dilemma, I needed to get across over there. Well, over to there at least, so if I was close to the side it wouldn't be as bad. Um, without the spray deck on, so I chose to do it anyway, and I was okay, luckily. Um, my next resupply was coming up on my first resupply with my food, so they just brought a spray deck up with them. But that was handy. I got up with that one. Um, the next day... So guys, today's 5 to 8, we're just coming into the beautiful. Absolutely amazing morning, there's a sea in front of me, watching me, He's diving in before. Beautiful. That was a bit of a morale about, uh, about an eight-mile paddle till so we get to the Caledonia Canal. What was that? Was a great start. Oh, an eight-mile paddle to the Caledonia Canal.
1: What the animal? What An asshole? An I don't know. seal. seal, yeah, <laughs> Sorry.
0: yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, a little seal. Popped his head up. You know, I was a bit down from the day before and probably fatigued. You know, I learned a lot about your moods related to your food. You know, low sh- blood sugar levels um, but we got to the Caledonia canal and then the stress was off a little bit no more tidal stuff for now I wasn't on the canal you know which led into Loch Ness which is a big thing I was kind of fearing in my mind Ooh, Loch Ness not because of a monster <laughs> <laughs> obviously. because um, I was going the unconventional way you know from, from east to west where normally we get prevailing winds from the west don't we, most of the time um, so I was Getting prepared for some big waves on Loch Ness, and they can get massive on Loch Ness to be honest, because it's got so much fetch to catch up, you know, to get the waves big. So, um, you go through various canals and things. And it was okay. Met this chap along the way. He was uh, he was on day 56 or something, walking from Lands End. To, uh, John had go to cystic fibrosis. We had a little whinge together about certain things, and so it was always nice, you know. there Chucking it down as well that morning, but what a nice chap he was. Awesome. Um more brilliant views. You've seen all these lovely views, but when it was bad I couldn't take pictures because I was too busy surviving. So yeah, so you can just see all the nice stuff. But isn't that lovely? Yeah. That's in between Loch Ness. Um, ooh, this is Loch Ness. I decided I was gonna do Loch Ness in a from uh, just outside of Inverness, all the way to um, Fort Augustus um, Felt good But what I should have done was listened to the body a bit more and it
1: just went off Augustus, just
0: Wasn't just around the corner <laughs> 48 miles around the corner um, I was quite fatigued at that point but I was just thinking about getting to Fort Augustus there's civilisation there, get a nice proper meal for once. They've just been living my rations. <coughs> um, I stopped for a quick brew. Should have had more food, but I thought, let's push on, whatever they call it, leader's legs or summit fever or whatever. Just wanted to get there. Um, paddle off about two kilometres into that. Realised I left my GPS on the rock, Aww. turned around, left my back hatch open.
1: Aww.
0: So there's two diamonds now, you know, all through Fatigue, you know, fatigue management. So <clears throat> turn around, back into the wind, and luckily, not much water bill in the back hatch because that could have been a right drama. Again, by myself. So two things I'll never do that again. You know, I'll never leave anything. up. because if you've got a buddy with you, they'll be you know, by the way, Danny left you. Grab that. Maybe you left your GPS or so your back hatch is open. Mm-hmm. You haven't got that when you're really by yourself. So you've got to be really careful. Um. Getting there with the GPS now, I'll start to look at it a bit more. Now we're covering a bit more land. Um, that's kind of through like Ness for Augustus, I think that. Stop some lovely campsites. Yeah, just wild camping. That's the beauty of Scotland, you can pretty much wild camp anyway. Yeah. Some amazing places which I'll I'll never forget. And another big reason why I was doing this was just to get a bit of solace as well. And I certainly got it in the in the Scottish pod, you know. Any sea kayakers here? Just out of curiosity, touring paddlers or anything? No. Um, I've seen pictures of people doing this, um, sailing with a with an umbrella. Uh, I don't I recognise it in the snow um, Sailing with an umbrella. This was coming into Kinloch, leaving. I had a bit of a tailwind, and I thought I'll try it. Put it up and bunged it on, but for some reason it just wasn't working. I wasn't a fan. It was. It was. I was going at decent speeds, and then it kind of. Flipped off and went into the water and nearly pulled us in so probably never came out again <laughs> but it was a nice concept maybe we need to practice that one a bit more um yeah coming into kim leaving this is my first proper stop now um in, in, in an actual bed with a roof over my head um and i stopped these guys here sorted me out anyone know kim leaving at all yeah this place is a military base used by the Marines mainly, well, all services now. But um, I've been up there quite a bit as a kid. I was always kind of um, curious about this place, and eventually got in there and got a stay there, like the with, with some contacts, you know, who I know, who know the caretaker and stuff. So they got me a night there with these, this, with Spike and Norman, uh, Spike and Norman. They're both caretakers, um, lovely lads. Norman's actually from Stanley. So he's like, never in the world! <laughs> so I <laughs> hit it off there straight away. Um, trying to get the rum and cokes out a bit too much, but um, I no, I had a big day the next day, massive day. Anyone doing the West Highland way here? Mm-hmm. You and us, yeah? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when you come down to Kidlock, even, mm-hmm. you basically come down this hill here, off Kenyon Ranagh Moor area. That was going up, up it, with, with the kayak. And this is another one of those. Uh, Kind of horrible milestones out had in my head. One was Loch Ness, and the other one was this hill. Um, so I had a good look. had good feed there, uh, good sleep, good big breakfast, and then um, ready for my ascent up up, up this big horrible hill. About 100 meters in, and um, is where I just came up. That's the bottom, and that's where I'm going. And uh, it's an absolute slog, but we um, have just taken it step by step. This isn't going to be easy. and It was tough. It was. Um, I knew it was going to be. Just Like I said there, just take it a bit at a time. As long as you're moving forward, it's progress.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, I knew about this thing here, this conduit. I think it's a hydro dam now, I think. Is that right? I think it's a hydro dam coming off black water. This is a conduit. There's actually a river underneath these uh, concrete slabs here. but. It, it acts as a good path as well. So I managed to get onto that after climbing about 500 metres or so, um, which took me up towards Blackwater Down, which is much easier. So that was a right gem of find, that was. Um, eventually got to the top of Blackwater from sea level, uh, 971, well, so I was happy with that. <laughs> um, got up there, and now it's kind of you're heading into the beyond. This is like heading into the Ranickmore area. And uh, it's known as Europe's last one of Europe's last wildernesses. Because it's just there's nothing there. But beautiful. Uh more mountains and things. But there's literally not much there. Rannox station, and that's about it. The odd little tiny cottage maybe somewhere. So I was heading into sort of the abyss a little bit. Um not sure anyone's paddled on Blackwater before in a kayak. If I have, I'd love to know. They have on canoes, I know. Um, so i got under black water, which is about when it should have been about an eight mile paddle. This happened.
1: Left high and dry. <coughs> this is gonna be a mission to get out of here as the water's flowing back into the reservoir. There's bugs everywhere. What I expected but
0: didn't expect it to be this long and I've got to get, i got to get out of here, quite far. I've got to trap a boat up the river again, maybe for another hour or so, and see how far we get. That was about three in the afternoon. Basically wanted to get further in, but because of the, I had hardly any rain last year in in Scotland, particularly in that area, right, uh, Blackwater was just so low. It was like Mars, you know, there's these huge boulders everywhere, this peat boggy sand, anyone <coughs> done the Allendale challenge? Yeah. You know what it's like on there? The peat boggy, it was like that. And I had to get this boat, this lump of a boat with all the gear in, up, up the stream, you know? And uh, I had to take all the kit out of the boat, ferry it forwards, get the boat, pull the boat, but it was just that leapfrogging for hours. And I had to stop because it was getting late and you saw the weather, it was, it was coming in. So I pitched the tent, it was a tiny little bit of grass. And uh, I woke up the next morning to this all around us. this <laughs> <laughs> raging torrents around me, great. Uh, and I did get that feeling of, what are you doing? And actually questioning myself, you know, you prat. What, what are you thinking of getting up onto Ryan and trying to get a 15 foot kayak through? Um, and I was thinking about stuff, you know, like, get out options, negative thoughts, you know, all that stuff. But I just thought, well, let's just crack on. And uh, so I had to track and line the boat. Basically you have a line on the front and on the back. And you, you kind of guide it up the rapids. With a bit of practice, it works quite well. Um, a couple of times the boat flipped, which is, wasn't good. But, um, I think I must have tracked around 30 rapids. but um, eventually found somewhere to stay. Um, this lovely little five star <laughs> cottage, tin roof, and a oversized chimney. I don't know why, but there, that was bright. This is a little, oh, it was amazing to see it. At once. It was, it lifted my spirits right up. Because I was looking for this forest on the map, it just wasn't, wasn't appearing. And when it did eventually appear, it was a skinny little plantation with no covering and a massive deer fence, so I couldn't get in anyway. So I found this little hut here, which just picked my morale, up, and uh, this is me here. Hi, folks. Um, I've had the most uh, arduous 48 hours I've had on this trip. Um, yeah, as you can see I'm still hanging about running more um, I came off Blackwater yesterday and basically the levels are so low um, I lost most of the luck so um, when I got off it was just peat bugs sand uh, and I had to drag the boat and all my gear up and it was uh, emotionally and mentally draining but um, we got through uh, from there all day today, I've only moved about four miles. Um, we were moving up the river, flat uh, water, so we were climbing up and uh, tracking the boat uh, with lines up through the river. I must have covered about 30 rapids in total. Uh, it it painted it down last night, so um, the rivers are all raging torrents around me. When I woke up, um, and so, but that it, at some points made it easier to get up the river. But um, yeah, really, really physical day to day. Um, I eventually got up, I couldn't see any features or nothing. Just little mounds in front of me for hours on end. Um, and I eventually got up and saw the forest I was looking for. I got over the top, saw the railway, and I saw this little boffy here, this little tin hut. I couldn't believe it. Um, so I got in, got a fire going, and I just feel like a different person now. So um, yeah, tomorrow, dragging the boat a bit more. We're on a lot laden then we're off towards the A82, so I hope to be on the A82
1: tomorrow but who knows what else uh, Rannan Moe's got in store for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going good. By far the
0: toughest day yet. <coughs> so that was the next morning walk on the track, um, but it just shows you, you know, what can pick your morale up, little things. Um, if you ever go on a boffy, if you get time, if there's any wood around, please just leave a bit of wood. When I got in there was a lovely little pile of wood there left for us. Uh, it was the best thing ever, because everything else outside was sort of white you But yeah. So, when I said dragging the kayak, yeah, uh, this is what it was. But it was blue skies, so it didn't matter. Well I had a half decent sleep that night, so I had a good breakfast. Um, and actually dragging it over and down, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I had an eight-foot deer fence to get over. But apart from that, it was all right. Eventually, made it up. Anyone drove past, ran it more when you're going up past Fort Williams and stuff towards there. That's where the road
1: comes down.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, right past it. you dissect it, gas, it into the road. Always looks lovely, and I've always drove past and said, "I loved the power you know, I loved it." Never again. <laughs> yeah. it's the most exposed bit of land there when I got up on eventually up onto Loch Bar there was more tracking of the boat and the, the waves were just the wind was just battering me eventually made it massive celebrations and that's how it looks like the nice day yeah that was in the morning loads of little tiny islands everywhere um, my wife had come and surprised me and uh, booked in us down the bridge of Oki down the road where I got a hot shower and a proper meal so that was a, that was a lovely surprise from there, carried on down towards Tindrum Way and stuff on the West Highland Way, um, which was great until uh, the West Highland Way just started going into the sort of hills again. And the trolley just couldn't cope with it, there was massive boulders and tree trunks and things like that. It was going to break sooner or later. So, good power was around in the area and uh, he offered to put his four ways on and come behind me. Uh, and, and We're going to go on the 82, which takes you around towards Lomond, mm-hmm. uh, which is about 10 miles. We decided to get up nice and early where the traffic's quite quiet. At 4 o'clock, we got on the road there, head torch on, and I actually ran with a trolley around, reasonably flat, and we made it. and It was a great decision. So that was good. But you've got some of them big logging wagons coming past you. And it's like, you've got that much. Yeah. <laughs> but the looks I've got for people, obviously, when I was going past them. <laughs>
1: Great.
0: Categorising these looks, you know, for different. <laughs> Madness. Eventually got to Loch Lomond, and um, Loch Lomond's a great lock to paddle on because there's just all sorts going on because of all the mountains around and valleys and stuff. You just get wind one minute it's coming that way, next minute it's behind you, next minute it's in front of you. It just changes all the time, but um, it's a great stop. Um, at the end of Loch Lomond there's a, there's loads of islands there, and a pal of mine who runs um, bushcrafting, survival type stuff. He got permission to use the island. So we, he jacked up a little feeding station for us where I was going to stay the night. Good evening, everybody. So, we finally arrived at Inchronican Island. It was a battle to get over here. The um, winds are coming from all different directions. coming from up. up um, but I'll tell you what, I'm pleased to be here now. because of this. It's coming in tonight. The wind's getting up. we it not? A little shower over there. Water oh, was hot as well. Two boys in. Matt and Robbo, two good friends of mine, um, also veterans. Matt, Robbo. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, so, Matt is from Pyro Butchcraft, that's his own company, and he sets up um, things like this all the time. But special nice, permission to use the silence, so I'm really privileged. Um, looking forward to a great night tonight. We've been very good friends, two fellow veterans. Cheers, guys. That was a pizza oven, that thing there. Brilliant. Good night. So good to see the lads again. Uh, Got ambushed by some ducks at the
1: get house.
0: So from there, we was heading on now towards Glasgow. (laughs) All different change of uh, scenery, back in the suburbs, fine. Um, Onto the canals, first canal. Um, So that was a a, a real change. Um, These guys turned up. Um, These fellas, uh, him on the right with a dodgy beard, He's from a company called High Adventure, and they bought the paddle. Um, so he'd just come back from a sailing trip, and he had this big Winnie Big camper. So um, he had a spare bed in there, so why not? And we stopped stopping the other night, in there. Anyways, in there. And a few drums. A few drums. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't recognise that bridge. Clyde Bank, Clyde Bank Shopping Centre. That's where the canal runs through, so I thought, Can I get, I was literally limboing under this bridge. <laughs> went through yeah. it again, some strange looks. <laughs> Yeah. So, I got off with book fast as well. Eight in the morning <laughs> <laughs> You accepted it though, yeah? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Um made it around Falkirk Wheel from yeah. mm-hmm. the Fourth and Clyde. Um family turned up. That was quite difficult actually. I was in the floor then, you know, I was I you start seeing your family and stuff again. It's like it's just it knocks you back again emotionally. It's tough. Knowing I had so you know still loads to go but um, all the same, loving to see them both. Um, <coughs> but I just wanted to crack one. <laughs> I did, you know, um, they wouldn't let me up from the wheel onto this, that, that's a union canal there. Yeah, um, but they wouldn't let me on it, I, could, I, I had to book it, I didn't know that but... <coughs> yeah anyway, so anyway I walked up to the top and uh, went through the Falkirk tunnel, pretty cool through lots of tunnels but that was the nicest one I went through, lovely. It's almost like, well, it's like it's carved out, really nice. The whole canal actually was lovely, the Union Canal, which takes us around now towards Edinburgh and Hermiston, that's where I'm heading now. Um, Camping on the side. walking. <laughs> um, this is when I got off at Hermiston, so we're talking Dalkeith coming, uh, Dalkeith now, oh, sort of um, heading towards the borders now. So I had a big mass of portage, I'm about um, I'm about 25 miles of walking over these border roads, which were the worst roads in the whole of the trip. I'm not kidding you. And someone actually told us, did you not know they're like the, the most dangerous roads in the UK? <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, Hi guys, <laughs> hey, nice. um, the past sort of two hours I've been on these sort of roads, those sort of tracks, tiny little about two foot wide in spaces, uh, really busy road, doesn't help being sort of um, work finishing time as well. The wagon and cars are flying by, so i have to make a few little detours, but um, I'm well past Dalkeith now, uh, heading towards Peebles way. won't well, we'll get as far as Peebles today, um,
1: probably as far as Edelston, get to Edelston and then relax. Um, by that time, probably about 22 miles, so um, yeah physical
0: one today as you can see but um, making good progress. So i um, heading towards Peebles now going down and I lost the light that storm um, alley remember that one mm-hmm. storm alley we've got the tail end of that I was I was coming down into Peebles when that came in so we absolutely drenched <laughs> it was really windy pretty dangerous to be honest head torches weren't great and um, again I had a pal who was coming up to see us in Peebles so I said could he come a bit further up the road got his four ways on and followed me into Peebles. Thank, thank God. Um, got us in there and then from Peebles, I went back up towards St. Mary's Lock. And that was a, that was a fair old climb. <coughs> uh, that was my most favorite campsite of the whole trip. St. Mary's Lock and it's not far from here. Lovely place. Really nice. So now I'm heading over towards um, Moffat Way. Yeah. Yeah? Over to Moffat. Um, Wow. over the Moffit and then onto my first proper river. Um, and there'd been quite a lot of rain from the storm, so it was up. Um, Paddling this great big long boat on the river. It was a bit kinda but it actually handled okay. Because with such a long boat, they're quite hard to turn quick. With a little river boat you can manoeuvre them quite fast and get around rocks and things like that. With a 15 foot boat, um it was kind of just on its limit, you know, in there. But um I made really good progress, because you can see the flow of it. Made it all the way down to Annan, which leads be joined the Solway Firth. Mm-hmm. Um, people couldn't believe it, they're like, are you in a car? Because the thought on the GPS it was moving so quick, you know, it's <laughs> just the flow of the river. So, that yeah, was great. Lovely river as well. Uh, guy who works for us, Bruce, he met me there. It was nice to see another familiar face. It's now and then, you know, it's, it really picks mm-hmm. you up. <clears throat> this is my start. Uh, another one of those scary things I was, Always worried about was paddling on the Solway Firth, which is a big open estuary, and the tides are really strong on the Solway Firth, and um, big tidal range. And I had to cross it and get over to this place called Sillith, mm-hmm. Sillith, mm-hmm. Over in Cumbria? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote a nine-mile crossing. Had to get out to the big open ocean, kind of, that's what felt anyway, yeah. it was open. Um, and I had a lifeboat a uh, lifeboat on standby for that one for sure. Um, <laughs> because First bait was flat calm, lovely. And he was there, he was on he was on standby, but he wasn't physically out there. I think it was about an hour into it. Just wind whipped up, wind against tides, a horrible thing. Uh, all confused water and I again felt really vulnerable. So I managed to give him a quick call and said, I need you here now, already. So him and his guys came out and just came behind me we just kinda followed us in. And I stayed in the boat. Again it's like worst case scenario, what happens if I come out? You know, it's the light boats there, I just pull out my kayak and then help me you know. So if the cover's there why not use it. But they were great. <clears throat> they ushered me in. I made it into Sillith. It was a couple of hours. Another massive day. Um, from there I hooked up to the kayak and then walked over to a place called Spatrium, which is kind of on the way into the Lake District then. Heading inland. That was another, on top of that was another 14 mile. So a massive day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone heard of these two dogs, yes. Max and Paddy? Yes, um, but, um, Guy got in touch, he says, I'll see you coming through Bath and Sweat, that's Bath and Sweat Lake there, so we're in the lakes now. Um, Max and Paddy, basically, long story short, this, this guy bought these dogs, he was having some mental health issues, and the dogs picked them up again, and then he posted stories about it. He's got like 75,000 followers, maybe even more, and he said, oh, do you want to meet us tomorrow? Yeah. And they were the most well-behaved dogs, they were like, perched on the boat, <laughs> <laughs> the pictures are amazing, yeah that was good, um, so from there, in and out over Dunmel Rise, anyone know that, on the lakes, steep hill, pulling up and over there, it's fun, but actually quite getting quite into it actually, I was looking forward to the walks, and getting getting in the harness again and pulling it, it was quite, it was, sometimes a nice to swap and change, uh, this is me pulling
1: up a hill, just pull up a cheeky little hill
0: uh, hopefully it flattens out a bit now but um, the sun's out and we're feeling good ready for these canals. So this is coming out of Kendall, heading towards Lancaster to the first canal was Lancaster Canal and from there it was all canals all the way down to the end of Brighton so it's the new sort of stage to it all you know once we get to that Lancaster Canal were kind of a bit safer, you know, there's nothing to worry about tide and things like that but it's pretty much the same. Um and there we are. And that was Lancaster Canal. Getting in and out with the locks was a bit of a problem. You can't get you can't just wait and you, it just doesn't happen with the kayak. So I had to pull it all out. It takes about 15 minutes to get this trolley going and all assembled because it all it all breaks down and, and, and goes into the kayak and on top of the kayak and stuff. Um, that's like sucking up quite a bit of time. But the end I just literally dragged the boat up and over and down. Uh, that's how I got around them. Canals were lovely, you know, they had their own beauty in their own way, in different places. Sometimes you have going through cities and towns and it didn't feel like you were in a city or a town, you know. A little sort of um, microclimates, if you like. Some lovely mornings. Getting on the moor, I like to get, up there, get on the boat for about 7 every morning. and get going, sometimes even earlier know uh, get a good start of the day. If I got my 10 miles in before uh, 12 o'clock, always felt better. You know, just little little things like that I had, I had going on. Um, I had my timer going on my GPS watch here, which I was going off. You develop these little routines, you know, which keeps you going throughout the day. There's some not so nice places as well. <laughs> I went through Manchester.
1: <laughs> uh, Canal Street. <laughs> <laughs> <In there. laughs> you been know? there? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. sure <so>, uh, there.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, there was all that stuff to deal with as well, all the urban stuff, you know, getting over metal bars, um going through some pretty dodgy tunnels, with some pretty dodgy people in there as well. <laughs> but it's gonna crack on. Yeah that was a uh, Paloma Paloma Lock, which takes us down from the Bridgewater Canal in Manchester, and uh, down towards Salford Keys, where I was IDV wanted to speak to me. So I had to get down at the Keys via this old seized-up lock. <coughs> it was a pretty awful place. Um, the steps kind of went down and from there, steps went that way. So, so I thought, how am I going to get this ball through here? It was getting late. You know, another challenge. So, and there was like four or five saplings here that had just grown. You know what I saw I was talking about at the start, which I nearly didn't take? <laughs> <laughs> that came out. So I saw it down. Three or four satins. I got through, so the saw was handy. Yeah, uh, and I made it through. That's all, I think that's all traffic in the background. Yeah. Stopped at a pal's house that night, she come and met me, and um, that was great. ITV the next morning, um, a couple of veterans came as well on the river just for a little bit of a paddle with me, so that was nice. Um, got a bit more coverage there, got a few more donations, which was great. Um, this lady, um, she comes on boot camp now and then, uh, is, these are one of the snacks that we make on, on camp, it's like a healthy, sweet option. But by the time I was there, you know, that was the last thing I wanted really. I just wanted simple sugars, you know, snicker bars, everything, all that and went. I was with all good intentions of having all this lovely healthy food, but I was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, lovely thought, but... Mm. Um, a couple of other guys turned up, a couple of other vets just turned up randomly, which is really nice, with the flags and the bridges. Um, catchphrase, anyone know it? No one's ever got this yet. There's a catchphrase in that picture.
1: at right the end of the tunnel. Yes, fine. Mm-hmm. So we're getting there now.
0: Oh, Covering quite a bit of the UK, there's light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Slightly, uh, oh, that's, yeah. the uh, that's interesting. Yeah? I think the last one's a <map>. light. <laughs> 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 the It's <laughs> the other end of the <laughs> tunnel. <the laughs> <the laughs> yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> not a light. Alright. And it's crazy. Right. These,
0: these canal boats are just a whole new world. Most people live on them and they're all crazy names. I just had to take a picture of that one. because it was there. Met some funny people. This chap Graham, Canal Graham, I call him, um, lived on the boats all his life. And uh, I think was, I was after some milk actually, I was just uh, brewing up and I had no milk and I just thought, you know excuse me, I've got any milk. He said, yeah, yeah, come over. And uh, I've got some stew on the go as well if you want some. Oh, oh I, I won't be, know. Uh, you know, <laughs> how you? So he's quite an interesting guy. It was nice, the stew was nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a few hours later though, Tommy oh, started running. Oh, So, guess what happened next? For the next three days, I had the worst case of. Yeah. in the worst place to be is in a kayak. (laughs) (laughs) I've not got toilets nearby, so I had to buy a lot of ammonium. And there. Yeah, not good, man. I was like leaving the kayak, dashing into just random places. So, yeah, cheers, Grin.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: Getting further down, Trent and Mersey Canal. Um, Yeah, and that was massive morale, boost. seeing that blue line getting bigger, you know, we're getting there and and the adrenaline starts going each day and it's actually, there is light at the end of the tunnel, it's achievable, and time was looking good as well, I was going to do it within the 60 days. Um, Another place I stopped there, I was ready for a stop, been camping quite a lot, and and by the sides of the canals, it's not ideal, um, camping by the side of the canal in some places, It'd be quite dodgy places with some <clears throat> unsavoury characters knocking about late at night um i found this place this marine miss marina which had all these canal boats in because it was end of season i had loads of empty boats so i just asked them is there any i could just you know rent for the night like, just like a b and b so um they gave me this little boat here and it was the most comfortable night's sleep i ever had <laughs> it was lovely it's great that was awesome Another strange place where I could've stayed is a morgue. Um, yeah, by a friend of mine, he's now an undertaker, and he met me, and he said, I've got, I've got a place uh, you can stay in the office if you want. I didn't quite click on, there's a deceased in there, but you can if you want. Actually. Uh, no. <laughs> I just can't actually, yeah. I'm can good on the ground these days, you know, so i But yeah, I thought I'd just take a quick snap as I walked by. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, back down now. All canals are canals, pretty similar. I'm not going to heart on about canals because you know they're all pretty similar. This is on the Oxford Canal now, and um, there's lots of canoe clubs and sailing and all that sort of stuff on there. The massive on it down there. And uh, they all got wind of me that I was coming, which was great. And uh, there was some lovely receptions waiting I've for us. Marching Van. He's a sea cadet.
1: He'll
0: play me a little tune when
1: I How cool is that? <laughs> he
0: said on the Oxford Canal, I always have this thing in my head once you get to Oxford, you've cracked it, you know, you've broke its back. It's not far then, you know, 100 odd miles or so, something like that. And, uh, that was nice to see, those Oxford signs. <coughs> um, this legend, three times Olympic gold medalist. Probably haven't heard of him. You might, might have. Ivan Lawler. Mm-hmm. Have you? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Top guy, lovely fella. Um, and he came out especially to meet us, so I was quite honoured to meet him. Um, chairman of the British Canadian Union, came out as well. And he followed me for about three days, he was with us quite a lot. Nice guy. Um, so, loads we'll of support on the Thames. The locks were lovely as well because they're all electric. So, yeah. I, I could stay in the kayak. The lock keepers like, See you coming, let you in, all empties, fills up again, and you open the gates. <laughs> that was just luxury. Like, <laughs> Save time at of time. So, it's pretty cool as well being inside and it all just empty. Mm-hmm. And then, before I knew it, I was past Guildford. And then, I was kind of near the end, um, 53 days, and I was pulling in to Little Hampton. suction now waiting for us? <laughs> Family, friends, thank you for the houses. It's a strange feeling actually <laughs> coming to the finish. You know, after being in that tunnel pretty much, you know, every day of that vortex of just moving forwards, moving forwards, getting to the next place, and then suddenly knowing it was the end, it was a strange feeling. Um, it was great and amazing to see my family again. But um, kind of like a month hitting the brick wall. And I was warned of that as well. Mm. Um, the guy said to me, you know, make sure you book something in. As soon as you know for when it's quite soon after you've finished it, because you really get that sun. And now he's, he's right. So, um, but it was just the best you could see of the weather. It was a great, you know, picture-perfect finish. Couldn't wish for a better day. Great crowd waiting for us. The Royal British Legion were there. Even got a chance to do that with the champagne ball, which <laughs> I all we wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I was the first person ever to do it, you know? So,
1: uh,
0: it's still kind of sinking in now. So there was a little, little uh, film for the end where Guy on a drone.
1: <laughs> Not like drones. Mans on subject. Oh, that was a guy. He threw it. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Good. I actually had to hold back a bit when I got to Arundel just before down the River Adam, Aaron, um, I was actually a few days in front of everybody because they had all planned to come down on like, <laughs> 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 a Sunday. We've had it back, you know. <laughs> but it's one of those days. I couldn't have got there and nobody there. Um yeah. And that was it. Very good. Um, We're trying to raise about 25 grand now. I think we're on about 23. So we're nearly there. So, um, yeah. So a question for you. The, so the kids were here anyone? Yeah. And Robin asked the dad a question. Spencer, one well, the first person to have ever done it. And Robin said, who did you get the records? Mm. And you said, no, and you can't be. No. So tell us I why. I applied. Um, the reason why is because the roots so um, varied. It's really hard to measure. There's someone else to do it. There's so many different points there, uh, really hard to govern and manage basically. So, you know, example, you know, around the UK, around the sea, you can manage that, you can track them. long you know, as they don't touch land, um, that can be measured. They said it was unmeasurable, basically, because there's so many variables in the route.
1: It's
0: a halo. You didn't do it for that, mate. No way, no, no, that was just an extra thing. Exactly. It really doesn't bother us, you know. Um, I'm still the first person to do it do that, and really. um, you know, loads of things I learned from that, loads of things about myself, you know, big thing I'm going to take away from that is I've restored my faith in humanity, There's loads of lovely people out there, willing to help me, complete strangers, it took me in for the night, um, helped me with stuff done along the way, um, appreciating the simple things, like having a nice fresh cup of tea, having a nice bath, that's what I wanted, you know, um, and uh, I've got all those things, it was just, it was fantastic for it, so yeah, what was the first proper meal you had once you were dry and finished? Oh, when I finished. Well, that was a little Hampton. Uh That was like a gourmet burger, I think. <laughs> I had it. The problem was, because um, I was eating all these, uh, these freeze dried rations, these high calorie rations, so I was on about 3,000 calories a day, maybe more. These um, like 1,000 calorie meals. Um, when I switched to fresh food, it just wasn't good for my tummy. It wasn't cold at all. Mm-hmm. It just felt really full. And- yeah. How many calories a day are you burning? Um round about three and a half to four oh, thousand. Right. Yeah, yeah. Some days more. Yeah. Just depends. Yeah. Was well, that one of the biggest struggles, actually getting the right nutrition? One of, yeah. But those those, those I appreciate packs, you seeing a bit a bit of rowing as well, I mean I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No no you're right, I mean you've got to really keep being hot, <laughs> and hot, and hot on your nutrition. If you mm. don't feed yourself, there's yeah. lots of times you didn't feel like eating, you've got to get them. Mm. Just squeeze them calories in, you know, just get it in there, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll, you'll reap the benefit, you'll be able to go for longer. And did it, did it take its toll on your back at all
1: between the, the, the kayak um, and the sitting and rowing?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I'd normally suffer with a bit of sciatica, and uh, that was one of my biggest fears as well, you know, getting that, getting these pains shooting down the back of my legs. And it didn't happen until I got to the Thames, it was like chronic. Um, so I uh, was like one bum cheek off the seat it would go away, and would, you know, switch to that one. Uh, yeah, the siding of nothing else really. Yeah, I had a few bad blisters on your hand after Loch Ness. They went away quite quick, but now, the, <laughs> this thumb here really hurts, and that finger won't straighten out. So, but well, it's anything to do with that, I think I know. But um, a bit of arthritis, maybe. you um, build a rest space during the... I moved every single day. I had easy days where I've only done, I think the, the least of them was six mile in his ear, and, I, and I, I really needed a rest. But I was just conscious on just moving, keeping going. Have you done much in terms of training? How do you train for something like that? Um, just up, getting so? in the boat, quite a bit, of paddling around the farms, um, around Kielder. Just getting in the boat as much as possible. i getting used to, I was doing like an hour at a time in the boat, an hour and a half, t- t- any more than two hours, it, it, you start to hurt, you know, your hips and sat again and stuff starts kicking in. You just need to stretch your legs out So an hour at a time, just getting used to that. Yeah. I woke up with some shoulder pain one night in both shoulders. It was like someone had two knives sticking in your... that was just one night. It was fine after that. Yeah. Apart from the
1: spray there, did mm-hmm. you have anything else
0: that was present, potentially disastrous? Like anything broke? Um. <coughs> no, I think we're okay, actually. Uh, I think ah uh, I lost the phone. Yeah, I lost a mobile phone. Um I guess that's not a kit, is it? All the other kits did the test, it was great. Yeah, all the stuff I chose was worked really well. Um the jacket, this big storm jacket that red one I had, it was just too warm to wear, you know. So you I was wearing a dry suit? No. I had dry pants on uh, like dungarees. Yeah. They they were the best bit of kit I had on the, on the trip. Especially going through running, Road, 400 yeah. peat bombs over here. Yeah. I needed them. You know, seal skin socks were good because I couldn't wear dry pants all the time because was too hot. Yeah. So you're switching between different bits of clothing all the time. Just a normal um, lightweight running jacket. If it was warm, you know, when I was going for it. And
1: did you do much fishing?
0: I tried once on the island because he kept he kept messaging me reality. So, <laughs> the I'm going to have to try it just for him. I took a picture of it. I got my paddle and tied a line at the end of it and hung it out. It was a, but like a great place, actually. It's like Love good. Is it? I yeah. yeah. should have done it there and yeah. 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 there. You're not going back and do it again. Another challenge. Another challenge as <laughs> My wife's like, you know, it's been our lives for the last two years, so I better just keep it quiet at the minute. But I would like to, yeah, yeah. Maybe get this next year out of the way. Would and you do this again? I wouldn't do that again. Um, people say you're not going to do it backwards. <coughs> oh, but, how
1: how um, did you pop the roof? Did you, you like Google
0: Earth and? Yeah, a mixture of things. It took ages. Things. Yeah. It was
1: different. Mm, it was. You actually chose to do the whole thing?
0: Yeah. Because the Scottish route went onto the Tweed, yeah. and then it was up, went off towards the cold stream and Berwick. Yeah. Where to go down country from there, you've, oh, got, yeah. you, you've got to get up to the next watershed. You can't come down to the Tyne or, or the East. You've got to go West. So you go from Peebles up to St Mary's Lock, and then up over to the Island, which is your next big <clears throat> body of water, which is that nice big river from Moffat. You can't get down there. I, I exhausted it. You know, I look at studied maps for months. Going out to places looking, rivers were sometimes flowing the other way, yeah. Or, or just too dangerous to be by myself on a river. You just can't take those risks, being by yourself you know, mm-hmm. you just can't. Have you back in the kayak since. So? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy the kayak, call him Tommy. Um, great boat. When are you going to release your book? I've written it yet. <laughs> You know, is it worth writing those?
1: You tell me. Uh, yeah, I just,
0: I just thought going through my mind about continuing the fundraising, fundraising for yourself. Yeah. When well, you've done this for the Robert De Legion but mm-hmm. that's an epic journey. And firstly, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to you speak. Really? If you put that down in writing, maybe you can then carry on the, you know, um, the fundraising or mm-hmm. make some money for yourself yeah. because you, you've done oh, it. And maybe uh, that's the next challenge. I think, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. there's people out there who can help with that. Which, sure. You know, that film is very special. You mm-hmm. find something to help you write the boat. you know the, all the, the nearest, all the kayak people mm-hmm. in the country. You know all the
1: magazines. You yeah. Do. Yeah. That's just a thing. Yeah, yeah. Point out. No, I am. Yeah, it's kind of in there. Yeah. <laughs> be, I, would love, I
0: would definitely I'm definitely interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, again, hopefully, I, I inspire other people to do things. You know, exactly. it sounds cheesy, but one life, one chance. You know, it's so yeah. true. Yeah. Mm. For the sake of eight weeks a bit of prep time, but just Tell us about your next challenge, what's next one? Uh, I don't know, uh, do I do another paddle the world? But the good thing it's gave us is a lot more confidence to do anything now, not someone said, do you want to come to the North Pole or, or whatever? I would like, yeah, yeah, I can do it, you know. Um, don't know whether it's going to be kayak orientated. I like to stick to the whole different theme. Doing mm. um, something totally different, mm. guy guy. Uh, some colour called Dan Bullard, kayak to the highest point in the world. He carried his kayak up to the top of this uh, old volcano where there was a, uh, a lake there. It was like 6,000 metres or something. Oh, that was pretty cool. Okay. Um, the lowest body water in the, in, in the world, I don't know. <laughs> Could be one squeezing down a cave or something. Mm. But no, um, yeah. Someone said, Dan's raised 23. 3,000 pounds? 23 and a bit, I think that's what it was on. Three um, three and a bit. Just giving. British Legion's, <coughs> we've got a very temporary old Stella box at the, like, <laughs> the back. But you were yeah. saying you've got... Yeah, you can text to donate and all sorts of things. You can text to donate, um, P-O-B-D-7-9. I should have it on there, really, shouldn't I? Um, mm-hmm. Or if you just Google the Just Giving page, um, Dan Smith's Paddle of Britain. It's on the Facebook page as well, um, where you can donate. We're nearly there now. not far 25 is the is the target. Pretty much there. If you can spread the word, that would be awesome. Oh. oh, exactly, exactly. Smash the target. So it says. If you want to send us something on our Facebook page, I'll share with everybody. writing yeah. right again. I'll that. Sorts out that. Magic. So I'm sure I'll we'll smash that. No brother, That would be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. Easy. Well, thank you so much for coming. Really thank, great you. Greats, thank you. you? Thanks, oh, yeah. guys. Thank you.